Welcome on in. It's time to recap and review week 11 in the Big 12 Conference. Um, oh, week 10, excuse me. Week 10. I'm getting ahead of myself. I just got wrapped up uh, writing a piece on week 11 kickoff times. And by the way, we are recording this on Saturday night. We're live on Facebook Live right now. We'll be up on the podcast on Sunday morning. Got some uh, personal commitments on Sunday that are not going to allow me to do the show on Sunday morning like I normally would. So I'm recording this uh, late on Saturday night. And I can tell you what, I like doing it Sunday a lot better. I'm just saying, I, you know, starting to feel it a little bit. It's late at night when you got two kids under the age of three. By the way, I'm Pete Mundo. We're heartlandcollegesports.com. It's great to be with you guys, as always, as we look back on the week that was in the Big 12 Conference, four games on the schedule, and, of course, get your questions in on Facebook Live as people are joining us here right now and rolling through some comments and questions. We'll do that as the show goes on as well. So congratulations to Kansas State beating Kansas. Congratulations to TCU upsetting Baylor. Oklahoma State rolling West Virginia and Iowa State smoking Texas at home. Wow. We'll take these games in order. And we'll start with the Sunflower Showdown where Kansas State stomped on Kansas 35-10. to This game was all about Deuce Vaughn. I mean, this guy, 11 carries, 162 yards, and three scores. Unbelievable game for Deuce Vaughn on the ground. And then six catches for 70 yards as well through the air. I mean, look at what Deuce Vaughn did. The guy had, what, 230-some-odd total yards on the afternoon? I, like... Because he plays at Kansas State, he's never going to get the credit that he should get. But this guy in the NFL, he's going to be one of those, like, four, I don't know. I'm, I'm not an NFL draft guru. But he's going to be one of those, like, fourth, fifth-round picks. And people are going to say, geez, who, this guy played at Kansas. Whoa, I mean, where did he come from? I can see the conversations happening right now on NFL broadcasts in a couple of years because uh, Deuce Vaughn's a true sophomore, so he can't leave for the NFL until after the 2022 season. But Kansas State did what it was supposed to do in Lawrence, taking care of the Kansas Jayhawks 35-10. to uh, I'm glad we saw Jalen Daniels at quarterback for Kansas. I mean, I've been calling for it for a couple of weeks. He played last season as a true freshman under Les Miles, and, I mean, that's an impossible spot, right? And it's an impossible spot because you sit there and you say, true freshman, Kansas football, how, how bad is this going to get? Well, the answer was pretty bad last year. But I thought with the way Jason Bean and Miles Kendrick have played this year for Kansas, like, they haven't been very good. So why not give Jalen Daniels a chance to come back in and see how he does as a sophomore? And... Yeah, he looked okay. I mean, of the bunch, he looked all right. 13-19 for 105 yards and, and a touchdown is uh, certainly better than what Jason Bean was doing the last couple of games. So give him a shot and see how it goes. So I think that Lance Leipold, who didn't have spring practice with the way everything went down this year, has got to be looking to 2022 and figuring out who can be his most competent quarterback. And I'm not saying this is like all Jason Bean's fault, all right? It's not Jason Bean's fault that Kansas blows. They just are a bad football team. But why not give reps to all of these guys? Daniels, Bean, Kendrick, 
you, me, I've got eligibility left. If you want to try and, you know, throw me in there at the uh, quarterback spot, I'm a lefty too. So he's going to protect my blind spot on the right side of the line. And away we go. That's all you got to do. Uh, let's see some comments. What do we got? Ah, Joe writes, I'm drinking bourbon, smoking a stogie and listening to Pete Mundo. What a life. Boy, that is a life, Joe. That's a really that's a good life, if you ask me. That's a very good life. I'm drinking last weekend. I was uh, what was I drinking last week? Uh, Oktoberfest from uh, a Shiner Oktoberfest. I'm going with a Gatorade Zero right now. If I have any more, if I have any wine, which I was drinking earlier, or a couple more beers, I'll pass out in the middle of the show just because I'm exhausted, not because I'm drunk. Just I mean, I'm just exhausted. Absolutely exhausted. So, uh, speaking of that, let me let me take a sip quick, if you don't mind, of this thing. Ah, uh, all right. So Kansas State curb stomps Kansas. That's to be expected. And how about K State? K State is now in sole possession of fourth place in the Big Twelve at three and three. You got OU at six and zero. Oklahoma State's five and one. Baylor and Iowa State are four and two. Kansas State's three and three. That's why. Listen, I'm not saying that you have to love um, what Chris Kleiman and the the Wildcats coaching staff have done. I mean, there was a moment today. I'd have to go back and look at which drive it was. Drive in the first half. You know what? I remember exactly when it was. Second quarter. Kansas State was up fourteen three. They had a fourth and two at the 50-yard line. They were averaging like 10 yards per play or something stupid like that. And Chris Kleiman punts the ball. I mean, you had a chance to basically give them the knockout punch in the second quarter, and they punted the ball in fourth and two from midfield when you were moving the ball with complete ease. So I'm not saying you got to love what the Kleiman coaching staff is doing necessarily every, uh, every game, but... They lost three games to start Big 12 play that they were expected to lose. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Iowa State. And since then, they've beaten Texas Tech, TCU, and Kansas. And now, you look at these next three games, West Virginia at home, Baylor, and then at Texas. They can go 2-1 and one in that stretch, and then Kansas State is 8-4 and four this season. Tell me what K-State fans not signing up for 8-4 and four right now. I mean, you should sign up for 8-4 and four and run for the hills. That's 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 Kansas State football. All right. Seven and five, eight and four, and hope you pop to a ten win season once every four or five years. Compete for a big twelve title. So K State's kind of right where we expected them to be. Uh, next up, let's do Oklahoma State, West Virginia. That wasn't a uh, much of a game. So we'll get through that one first. But my goodness, Oklahoma State, you guys better pay Jim Knowles, your defensive coordinator. Uh Oklahoma State beat West Virginia 24-3. They held West Virginia to .5 yards per carry. You heard that right. .5 yards per carry. 33 rushes, 17 yards. This Oklahoma State defense is absolutely absurd. And honestly, I don't think it's getting talked about enough around the country. I I don't think people are doing a good enough job talking about this Oklahoma State defense from a national media perspective. They probably don't believe it. But if you see it, then yes, Alonzo, yes, you are right. This is the best defense in the Big 12, hands down. Best defense in the Big 12, no doubt about it. 
I, this game was not close. Once they got going, it was game over. Jalen Warren at running back had himself uh, 78 yards and a, and a touchdown. And Spencer Sanders quietly keeps getting better. If you look at what Spencer Sanders has done here the last uh, three games – because that's that's you know where this thing has really started taking off for him in particular. You look at Spencer Sanders, and this guy over the last three games has thrown seven touchdowns to one interception. If you go through his first handful of games before that, Spencer Sanders had six touchdowns to five interceptions. Now he's got that on a seven-to-one ratio. If he keeps that up, if he keeps this thing rolling, then this team's going to be playing for a Big 12 title and can win a Big 12 title. I mean, because he was kind of the missing piece, you know? And then you throw in the way that Tay Martin is playing at wide receiver and he's becoming a, you know, a nice go-to option. And he was somebody, Tay Martin, who we wrote about and we shared this article. I shared it on our Twitter account at Heartland underscore CS. And it was an article from back in August saying Tay Martin is the guy who is poised for a breakout year at wide receiver at Oklahoma State. And he's proven to be that guy. I mean, he's a he's a solid go-to number one dude. That's the kind of guy that you want to have in that position. And and Tay Martin is proving to be that guy for Oklahoma State. And for West Virginia, I mean, you know, they had a couple of good wins here. TCU and Iowa State got a little lucky against Iowa State, let's be honest. But they won the game. They're playing better football. But I thought they were due for kind of a, a come-back-to-earth kind of moment. And a big reason for that was I didn't think they would have an answer for this Oklahoma State defense, and they did not have an answer for this Oklahoma State defense. They, they weren't close to finding an answer for this Oklahoma State defense. And then you saw the other side of the ball just get worn down, worn down, worn down, worn down. And it's, it's, you know, it's basically how it ended up playing out for this team on Saturday. So let me just pull up the numbers here. Eight sacks by Oklahoma State, 12 tackles for loss. The West Virginia offensive line had no answer. No answer, which is what I expected to happen here um, in this game, and that's how it did play out. Now, the picks, the picks, that's the only one I was right on. The picks stunk this week. If you faded me, you had yourself a heck of a week as I went one in three. And the, the one that I'm kicking myself most about, you know, I missed out on KU, K-State. I picked KU plus 24 they lost by 25. That one hurts. By the way, on Facebook, roll in your questions, throw in your comments. I'll get to them here momentarily. So I don't feel bad about picking KU. I was off by a point there. I'm kicking myself about TCU. All right? And the reason I'm kicking myself about TCU is because, and this is always hindsight's 2020, but Baylor caught looking ahead to Oklahoma TCU, I didn't realize till late in the week that Gary Patterson was still helping this team prepare for the game. And they always play each other close. TCU is 7-3 and three against Baylor since moving to the Big 12. TCU's three losses to Baylor have been by a combined 12 points. And the Frogs have outscored the Bears 449-277 to over those 10 games. I mean, that's, that's unbelievable. So I, I, was, um, I was annoyed at myself for that because Baylor was clearly caught looking ahead. And how about Chandler Morris for TCU in this 30-28 victory over the uh, Baylor Bears, number 12-ranked Baylor Bears? Where's this dude been? I mean, is, 
Gary Patterson no longer the head coach because he didn't want to go to Chandler Morris? I doubt that's it. But this guy, the Oklahoma transfer, he was, I got to be honest, he was more impressive than anything I've seen from Max Duggan. Dude went 29 of 41, 461 yards, two touchdowns. He rushed for 70 yards and a score. I mean, Chandler Morris was unbelievable. Now, I'm not saying he's going to do that every week. I'm not saying it's fair to expect him to do that every week. But this guy, I mean, it was it was a heck of a show to watch from Chandler Morris. This was awesome to watch this guy. And I'm sitting here and I'm saying, if they were seeing this in practice and they didn't put this guy on the field until Gary Patterson was fired or parted ways with the program, whatever you officially want to call it, I, he completely carved up Dave Aranda's defense in a way that nobody really has this year. I mean, holy cow, that was so impressive. And, and they may have found their quarterback because Max Duggan, as much as I love the guy, you know, he's a grinder. He's got all those cliches you can say about Max Duggan. Hard-nosed kid, grinder. Like, you can do all of that for Max Duggan. Did I ever think he was going to be the guy that was going to, you know, win you a, a, a Power 5 conference title? I didn't. Chandler Morris through one game, I'm not trying to overreact here, but he at least looks like he's got the capabilities of doing that. You know, he's got it. There's no doubt in my mind that he's got it in a way that I just don't think that Max Duggan did. So tough game for Baylor. Uh, Gary Bohannon was not good, by the way. You start to see some of the flaws in Gary Bohannon's game, something we haven't seen much of. He was 14 to 20. For 214 yards, had three touchdowns, a couple of picks, and just some bad decision-making all around for Gary Bohannon. So uh, Baylor's got Oklahoma next weekend, and it's one of those games that um, it's an 11 a.m. kickoff, by the way, on Fox next weekend. Did not get the primetime billing. That went to Oklahoma State TCU, so that's the primetime game on Fox. Baylor-Oklahoma is going to be in the 11 a.m. slot next weekend, by the way. But uh, Baylor can still play for a Big 12 title, but it's got to hit the reset button. It did not, did not look good in that game on, uh, earlier today against the TCU Horn Frogs. I was uh, very disappointed in how that Baylor team came out. And especially considering TCU had 13 penalties for 111 yards and TCU only had 2.7 yards per carry, uh, they, they carved Baylor through the air. That's what they did, and uh, that's what made things so effective this afternoon for the Horn Frogs. So TCU getting a surprising 30-28 to win over Baylor. And then the final game of the night, Iowa State rolling Texas 30-7. to I got to tweak you a little bit, Iowa State fans. You don't storm the field. What's that all about? I thought you guys stormed the field every time you win a game. And then we're supposed to sit here and not critique it because, well, you know, you're just trying to have a good time. I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay. All right. I tweeted that out. Some of you got triggered. So I wanted to have some fun with it on the show here. But in all seriousness, Texas is a mess. All right. A lot of monkey business happening down there in Austin. A lot of monkey business. Not just Jeff Banks, the special teams coach, and his wife and their pet monkey allegedly harming children on Halloween. His wife, who, by the way, is a former, I think, we think, stripper, who was on Jerry Springer, who 
does her stripping act with a pet monkey. Oh, yeah, I'm not making it up. We talked about it earlier this week on the podcast. We also wrote about it on the website, so go read about it at heartlandcollegesports.com. But, uh, yeah, weird week for Texas. Bad week for Texas off the field. Bad week for Texas on the field. Just a bad, bad deal all around for Texas, who has lost four straight Big 12 games. You know who's never lost, never lost four straight Big 12 games at Texas? Tom Herman. Never lost four games in a row in the Big 12 while he was the head coach. Now Steve Sarkeesian in year one has. Texas is four and five and two and four in Big 12 play. And I'll tell you what, Hudson Card came in in place of Casey Thompson. Hudson Card did not look good. A lot of people calling for Hudson Card the last couple of weeks. Hudson Card did not look good. I don't know what the obsession is. Um, with and, and by the way, what does it say about Casey Thompson? That is disappointing as Hudson Card looked. They never went back to Casey Thompson in that Texas game for the Longhorns. I mean, Card was missing guys. He missed Xavier Worthy on a wide-open slant route down the field by about four or five yards, and Xavier Worthy was wide open. I mean, if he hit him in stride, it would have been six points on the board. Texas would have been in the game. At that point, I think they were either, I don't know, they were down 10-7 or, you know, it was a game when they blew it. And my goodness, Hudson Card missed the dude wide open. Missed a couple other throws, and I was like, geez, that's that's not a guy I'm replacing somebody else with unless I'm that down on my starter in Casey Thompson. And apparently, Steve Sarkeesian is because he benched Thompson after six passing attempts. Bijan Robinson had 90 rushing yards on the night, and he is the offense. I mean, he had 36 receiving yards, which led the team. Bijan Robinson, 36 receiving yards, leads the team for the Texas Longhorns in that game with 90 rushing yards. I mean, they Iowa State's defense bottled up that Texas offense. They put up a touchdown in the second quarter, and that was it. That was it for Texas. Uh, meantime, Brees Hall did Brees Hall things. 19 carries, 136 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, that is, like, that right there is a Brees Hall stat line. 19 carries, 136 yards, and two scores. If I think about Brees Hall's career, that's going to be the stat line. And uh, they got back on track after that tough loss against West Virginia last week. And, you know, you still wonder if they didn't lose that game, they'd really be in the driver's seat to get back to a Big 12 title, especially since they have the tiebreaker over Oklahoma State. But either way, they're 4-2 and two in conference play, 6-3 and three overall. They're in a good place right now in this race. And um, they've got Texas Tech next week, a very winnable game. Brock Purdy looked good, 27-38, 252 yards. But I still have questions about this offensive line. I, I just... It looks average at best, this Iowa State offensive line. And that's okay for a guy like Brock Purdy who likes getting on the move, who likes working, you know, out of the pocket, rolling out, throwing on the run. Like, that's when he's at his best. But this offensive line still is is far from playing great football. I'll put it that way. Far from playing great football. And Iowa State still was only 3 of 13 on third downs. On the night, so they were not great um, in certain parts of this game by any stretch of the imagination. But they did a great job on defense. They held this team in check, and uh, most importantly, they got a solid win that they needed to get 
to make sure they stayed in the Big 12 Conference title race. They were seven-point favorites, won this one convincingly running away by 23, 30-7 over the Texas Longhorns. Let's see. Uh, let's get some of your comments. Throw them in right now on Facebook. What do we got? Allen writes, Texas will be the SEC's new Vanderbilt. I'm not going that far there. I don't know. That's a, that's a stretch. Uh, Chris writes, the formula to winning the Big 12 championship. Defense. Oklahoma State has it. There's a reason why it said defense wins championships. It's true. I'm not saying they're good enough to win the national title, but the Big 12 is in reach. Absolutely. Chris, absolutely the Big 12 is in reach. It'd be nice to beat, you know, Lincoln Riley. Um, if you're an Oklahoma State fan or just beat Oklahoma, doesn't much matter who's the head coach. He can't really win that game. So you might have to win that game twice, but either way, uh, things are on the right track. Because in the past, Oklahoma State was kind of just Oklahoma light, you know, really good offense, mediocre defense. That's not who they are this year. Uh, Russell writes, at least when we, Texas, lose in the SEC, they will be quality losses. Well, I'll tell you what, Russell, I'm glad you can goof on your own team right now, my man. I'm sure most Texas fans can do that, so kudos to you for being able to do that. Uh, very nice job. Trying to see what else we've got here. Do, do, do. Uh, Pete, you got to man up. Stop drinking the Gatorade. Go pokes. Come on, it's 10.45 on a uh, Saturday night here. I'm recording this on a Saturday night because I've got some personal things to take care of on Sunday, so I can't do it tomorrow. Do, 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 do. Uh, Mark, your picks the last two weeks have been horrible against the spread. That is right. You are right, Mark. Two and seven the past two weeks against the spread. The two weeks prior to that, I was eight and four. So it's just a bad couple of weeks, man. It sucks to be me. Uh, you are abs I hope you faded my picks, Mark. I hope you faded my picks the last couple of weeks. I'd make you a very rich man. By the way, the one week I picked Baylor, they don't do it. So Baylor fans are always getting on me for not picking their team. I pick them, and they don't only don't cover. They lose outright. So, all right, Baylor fans, you're going to back off me now? I'll start picking against your team. You can go back to winning games. Uh, Drew writes, Iowa State fan here. It was real fun watching them beat Texas like a bass drum tonight. And that was, that was a bass drum beating. That was a bass. That was like Phil Collins beating the hell out of that bass drum. And Phil Collins just the first guy that came to mind. All right, you guys have a great, Great rest of your day, rest of your weekend. Um, we'll be back with you for some podcasts during the week, of course, as we do each and every week. And uh, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes. That's how I give you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. Let me find one right here for you. Hang on. Let me show it to you on Facebook Live. You can get a free Heartland College Sports koozie. You can get this koozie and also on YouTube as well by leaving a rating and a review on iTunes and send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Uh, who's making the Big 12 title game? It's from Zach. I'm going a Bedlam rematch right now. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. That's, that's, that's my prediction right now, with the way things currently stand. All right, I think those are the two best teams in this league. Where's the Big 12 going to land in the college football playoff from Zarek? Uh, Oklahoma State should be in the top 10. A couple of losses there that uh, should help them move up, I believe. Oklahoma probably staying in that 7-8 spot, but there's still a lot of football to be played. And all I know is this. All I know is this. The committee is going to have its 
head up the butt of Iowa State, even though they barely beat a bad Nebraska team. That much I know. Can't predict anything else outside of the head of the college football playoff committees. Uh, their head will be up Ohio State's butt. All right. Does that work for you? You guys have a great weekend. Thanks for joining us. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube, on Facebook. Find us on Twitter. We're on Instagram and, of course, on the podcast. Enjoy the weekend, guys. We'll talk to you next week. I'm Pete Mundo on HeartlandCollegeSports.com.